According to the National Institute of Health, one out of five Americans struggle or suffer with some type of mental health. This is something that impacts so many families. And interestingly, Jehovah's Witnesses are not exempt. And as a result, we are doing a series of videos that deal with the mental health conditions of Jehovah's Witnesses. Many of us have actually personally had to deal with this issue or our loved ones. And today we have with us Tony, who served as an elder like myself, and we got a chance to really see behind the scenes just how Jehovah's Witnesses and individual congregations struggle with mental health issues. And what we'll be looking at is how this issue is dealt with among Jehovah's Witnesses. Welcome to this episode, Dealing with Mental Health. You're listening to The Critical Thought, where we challenge our listeners to use critical thinking when examining the teachings of Jehovah's Witnesses. Yes, thank you. First of all, I want to thank you guys, JT and Lady C, for having me on. I really appreciate it. And I definitely appreciate the work you guys do. Um, like you mentioned, um, I'm third generation uh, Jehovah's Witness. And, um, you know, as such, you know, it's, it's a lot that has gone on um, that have really affected me personally from a mental standpoint. And, you know, when I think about um, mental health, it, it's, it encompasses a lot, you know, of what, what goes on in your mind. And so, you know, being in that organization, basically all my life being born into it, um, you can imagine, you know, the many years of, of, of what was put into my, my mind that, um, you know, can have an, an, an impact and had had an impact on a lot of the decisions that I make, my thought processes and things of that nature. Being in an organization, it just pretty much you're giving a way of life from another person's uh, perspective. And so what happens is your who you are, your mentality gets distorted. It's a lot of dysfunction that develops um, as a result of that. Because I know being a part of the organization, you know, you were taught really to be quiet, you know, not speak what's going on, not tell your truth. And so, you know, you hold that stuff in and, and what happens is it becomes a problem. It, it becomes a, a, a mental disorder, if you will, over time. Um, <clears throat> especially growing up in an environment that I grew up in that was already dysfunctional and abusive, um, it, adding on to, you know, what Jehovah's Witnesses teach you, um, and not just the teaching per se, but just what goes on from a human to human standpoint um, was very dysfunctional and very disheartening and, you know, caused a lot of pain and, and anguish. And that affects the brain, you know, that, that affects your decision making, that affects everything that you do on a day-to-day -day basis, how, you know, even when you're trying to plan something, your mindset is based off of what someone else wanted you to do. Someone else told you to do this or to do that. So it was very important for me to first and foremost be aware of what actually is happening, what is causing this mental um, dysfunction and how can I be more aware of what's going on even now um, and, and what things that I can do. Um, we, we, something is not right and we feel it inside, but because we, how we're taught, we know we hold that stuff in. And so when we hold it in, you're not going to be aware of what's going on and thus you're not going to be able to, to get the help. Yeah. Very good point. Um, let me ask you this, Tony, because this is really one of the reasons that we actually wanted to bring you on is because you had served as an elder 
which means you get a, a look at an aspect of the, of the organization that many people may not. When you serve as an elder, what role do you think having unqualified individuals try to handle, as they say, you know, above their pay, pay grade, as it were? What, what role do you think that plays? Um, that's a very good, good point. Um, I think what happens is it, instead of the person really getting better, they, they end up going backwards. You know, you, they make a situation worse if you're going to get help and you left worse than when you came in. Um, if you're not qualified, you know, what advice are, are you going to give me? It, it's almost like the person themselves can say, you know, I, I can think of this. I can think of a better solution than what you're actually giving me because you're not really qualified to give me what I'm actually actually looking for. And, and in a lot of cases, it's <laughs> for me, it's, it was really simple. It, it, it really just boiled down to having fellow genuine feeling for another person. Like you don't have to have all of these, you know, um, letters attached to your name. I'm this, I'm that. It's not about what's attached to you. It's just about your connection with that person. And, and you know, the, one, of the, one of the things that I thought is, is important is just listening. You know, you, you, it was too much instructions given, too much, you know, what to do instead of just hearing the person. And in a lot of cases, that would solve a lot of, you know, a lot of, at least that would calm down a lot of, you know, emotional stress for the individual um, because you, you were just sitting there to genuinely hear them, not waiting for them to finish to say, well, the Bible says this and Joel you know, feel like this and blah, 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 you know, because you already know that. You know, you, you, you're, you're learning that part when you're going to the meetings. This is something different. This is this human to human relationship that, that we're talking about. And again, because you don't have you have a lack of compassion, you know, um, you're not able to give that. Professionals are professional. They're there for a reason. They, they do the study and they, they take many years to, to learn their, their craft, learn that profession. So when you know, when you come to them, they have a lot to offer you, you know, the elders are just going to offer you either their own opinion or a twisted view of a, a scripture, or well, it, it don't have to be twisted, but they can just show you something that's really not helping you. Well, I just wanted you to hear me. I just wanted you to, to understand and say, I feel what you're saying. I understand that, you know, I'm here for you. Just little things like that makes a world of difference. And so what happens on the other end, uh, you know, the, the person coming to you, they're going to feel worse. They're going to feel like I cannot get help here. And they are preventing me from getting help somewhere else. So, you know, all of that is just piling up against, you know, the, the, the organization. And, and you're not even close to being qualified because you don't even have compassion yet. So, you know, it, it's really hurting many millions of people who are really depending. I mean, staking their lives on the thoughts and mindsets of these elders. And yet they're not giving them anything that's going to make them walk away smiling feeling good. Okay. I'm going to try that. This brother was here for me. I appreciate that. That was true, true love. They're not getting that. They're walking away more confused than when they came in. Oh yeah. Um, I, I remember going to elder school and, and one of the things, and I think you made a good point uh, that there are many elders, many men who serve as elders. They really want to try to do the best that they can for the friends. And so what some elders were doing because they realized they didn't have the qualifications to deal in these, to, to dev into these areas. A lot of elders started taking classes, reading books, just trying to be a better elder. 
And I remember point blank at our elder school, uh, we were told there's no need for you to study anything outside of the publications. So anybody, because a lot of elders, well, let me give you a copy of some information if you're dealing with this brother, you know, and here's something. You might. And once it got, once word got back to Brooklyn at the time that elders were going outside the society's publications at our elder school, that was shut down. So here you had people who were sincere trying to help, trying to find out things they didn't know and they realized that the organization didn't provide and it shut them down. And so the bottom line is, once again, the, the, the witness, the average, quote unquote, rank and file Jehovah's Witness who is told to go to the elders, he is once again going to somebody who is simply not qualified to deal in this area of mental health. Uh, and that's that's a good point, too, because I'm, I'm thinking in terms of how, you know, who, who are these ones that's telling you to go to the elders? And a lot of times it will be the leaders who are saying, if you have any issues, go to the elders and then they know that the elders will have to report back to them to say, hey, what what to do in this situation? Yeah. So it's a it's a cycle like you, you're really not getting out of it. Um, you, you stand within that that bubble, if you will. And you're really never getting any help. You know what I mean? And, and like I said, there's so many places to get some help. And it doesn't have to necessarily be somebody saying, hey, you need to do this. You need to do that. You know, if you're sick, if you're feeling good, I don't know that you're not feeling good, but you will make your way to the doctor. You're going to make your way to wherever you need to do to get help. Right? I don't have to tell you that. So the fact of someone telling you what to do really is a problem in itself because you're not using your own critical thinking. You're waiting and sitting. Hey, I'm, I'm sick here. So what should I do? No, exactly. You know what I think, too? Yeah. That's where this term comes in. What is mental health? Because I think, here's what I think about this whole thing, is when a Jehovah's Witness is experiencing a crisis, do they even know what mental health is? Do they, you, like you said, Tony, you said they're going to go to the doctor if they're having a physical ailment. But when they're having a mental ailment, do they even know what that looks like? Right. You know what I mean? Right. And so, like, here's a, uh, a slide here on the screen. What is mental health? It's being aware of why and how you are reacting to something. Sure. So when you think about that term and that, that sentence there, what comes to your mind when you're talking about Jehovah's Witnesses? You know, when you're thinking about being aware of something and being aware of how you're reacting to something, this happens all the time in the world of a Jehovah's Witness because there's always something to be reacting to. Every time you turn around, somebody's reacting to something that you're not doing and just you're always being called on the carpet as lacking in something. So you guys want to kind of talk about that, the things that people are being aware of and how they're reacting to something. Do you have anything, in, a, a good idea of what that could be? Yeah, I can, you know, when I think back on my my childhood and, you know, growing up in the organization, like I said, you, you're already given, I was given a script for life, basically. And 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 because um, for me, you know, my, my dad was an elder um, and you know, he passed in July of this year. And, you know, he was he was one of a devout, you know, elder. And so he had this you know, way of, you know, controlling his, his children and controlling anything around him. 
So with my life, <clears throat> everything was already laid out for me, who I was going to get married to. The fact that I was an elder, it wasn't something that I reached out for per se, but it was something that his hands was already in it, making and talking to the right people to make sure that his son becomes an elder. So you start to, for me personally, you know, when with all those things already laid out, um, this a lot of things I had to figure out, like, why am I feeling this way? Why am I feeling that way? And, and basically that brings up, you know, that question, like, what is mental, what is mental health? And so anything that affects your mind, whether it's negative or positive, is, is, you know, you have to see whether it's healthy or unhealthy for you. So for me, it was a very unhealthy thing from a mental standpoint, because there was a lot of reactions that I, I was and I didn't understand why. And in the organization, you have people who have been abused. And so they have a certain behavior when they grow up because of that abuse. And yet the organization is going to punish them again, not giving them the help that they need, not talking about what's really going on. Why are you feeling it's all about we're going to punish you because you just reacted this way, not realizing this is why. What if it's in the home with a Jehovah's Witness who has abused you? You know, so it's within this organization that's causing individuals to act a certain way. And yet you're not really providing the help because, like I said, it really boils down to that human to human um, connection. That's what it really boils down to. And if that was distorted in any way, if that was manipulated in any way, if you was abused in any way, if there's dysfunction in it, that's that's the mental issue there that has to be addressed. And we have to find some way to to kind of fix that. I, I totally get that because when you think about just from a standpoint of children and how you're taking them to the kingdom hall and you have a little two-year-old and they're sitting there and expected to be at a, um, a meeting that's happening at night when most kids are in bed and then they're being instructed, oh, take them to the bathroom and beat them because they can't sit here and be quiet. And so you're, you're getting this training from a small child all the way up to an adult, but, and, it, and it's really messing with you mentally because you can't understand why your body is telling you to go to sleep, but somebody is beating you to tell you to stay awake and pay attention to the brother on the platform. So that's a whole situation dealing with the starting of a mental problem happening for this Absolutely. person. Yeah. Uh, it's very important when you think about it, uh, it starts early for a child of Jehovah's Witnesses, and it starts early for a Bible study with an adult. Uh, the constant making you feel that you have not done enough or that you are lacking. I, I mean, I, I look back to myself growing up. I, I remember my mom would be like, uh, well, did you read Did you read your magazines yet? Have you studied for the meetings yet? Uh, same thing with a Bible study. Um, I remember uh, when the lady would come over, the worst question that would be asked, well, did y'all get a chance to read over this before we came? And so there's this constant, you have not done enough. And after a while, when people are constantly told they have not done enough, it begins to take its toll. The person begins to question their own self-worth. And that's why we know this conversation takes place because we've talked to so many people who have left this organization. And it's interesting, you see this common denominator flowing through almost every conversation that how they had to deal with, I just couldn't keep up. I just wasn't doing enough. And so like, well, where did that come from? Why is everybody talking about they feel like they didn't do enough? Because that was the culture. The culture was run faster, run faster, jump higher, jump higher. Right. And it definitely 
impacts people's mental health, especially when you combine all of this stuff with one little caveat. You're not doing it for God. You're not doing it for God. You're not doing enough for God. And so when you think that, that you haven't done enough for God, man, that that'll just wear people out. That wear people out. Absolutely. And, you know, I was, I, as you were talking, I was just thinking about, cause you, you made two, it's two groups, you know, you're either born into it or you, yeah. you know, you, they come and knock on your door and bring you into it. And, and, and for me growing up into it, you, you, that's a normal way of life to you. You have no idea what the real life is. So when I say that from an emotional standpoint, you don't know how to connect with people mm-hmm. because you're not taught that you're, you're taught to skip over the, the relationship that you're supposed to have between mother and father, you know, daughter and mother, brother and sister. It's all about God. If you, as long as you love God, you're good. Yeah. So it's very, uh, it's very difficult, especially when, when you were born in, cause you, like I said, you don't have a choice. It's not like, okay, you have, you have, you know, you can be a Catholic, Jehovah's Witness, or Mormon. Like, which one you want? You know, study all three of these, and then tell me which you can't. You can't do that. So, all of the teachings, all of the feelings, all of your emotions, everything that's talked about is actually put into you. You don't get to choose. Hey, this don't feel good to me. I want to go a different direction. No, this is what you have to do. It's just as simple as that. And so, it becomes a strain, you know. And, and that's why I keep bringing up the fact, you know, that that the mental thing is it, it it incorporates every single part of your life yeah. your thought process what what you feel about this and feel about that you know even when it comes to getting married like what are your thoughts about this other person are you ready do you know yourself enough you know what i mean <laughs> do they know themselves yeah. so you you're joining people at an early age and they like i don't know about this person i don't know about me you know, why, why am I going to, you know? And so again, it's the whole thing. Your whole mind is, is a, is is a secondary person. It's not who you truly are. Only when you making your decisions, when you're faced with things, things you like, things you feel is when you're going to be able to do that. Not, this is what you need to be doing about how old are you say, or you need to be getting into the water. You know, how long are you 20? You should be a minister or servant. How long? Okay. You should be held about that. So, you know, all of those things that, that, that they mapped it out for you, that means they've taken away your mind. You did not say, hey, this is a good move for me. You know what I mean? Because most of the stuff that you're doing, you're doing it because you're scared or, you know, you're going to be shamed if you don't. Or, you know, <laughs> you, you, you just this is just your way of life. You don't know. So you're really not given any any choices. You, you're really not being able to make up your own mind. So that kind of thing really creates these disorders. And people don't understand that. But that, like you said, when you're younger and that's all you was filled with, man, you you got some you got some real issues there. You right. know what I mean? And you went through the, like I went through the ranks of all of these things. Everything I've been through was always like, this is what you're gonna do, this is what you're gonna do. Gonna, and I'm like, what's going on? I have brothers, <laughs> I have brothers knocking on the door, ready to go over questions with me. And I'm like, for what? Like there's no dedication being made. Why are you here answering questions? Oh, to test my knowledge, just to see how much I know. And that gets me in. Now I can get in the water. I don't even want to do that. Yeah. So, you know, 
when you oh that's right because you said your dad just sent the brothers over and told you that you're gonna be going over these questions for baptism and you yes. didn't know what that was I had no idea. so it's, <laughs> oh, that it's was so crazy right so things like that will make you like eventually and i'm 13 years old i'm 13 I, I don't know nothing about nothing and then being sheltered i haven't been out here to experience anything and then you're sheltered and now you're in this this contracted agreement if you will and you have no idea why yeah. Mm -hmm. why, why, why am I what, what am I doing? So yeah. my life starting from you know a kid getting baptized, getting married because my my dad prearranged the marriage. Everything was already done for me. So that has a really that has a great effect on your on your mental stability. Yeah. Um, you, you can't you you can't make these decisions. Nothing that your heart was involved in led to these decisions. It was everything that was told to you that really puts a strain on you mentally. So if, if you're not aware of that, you're just going to go along with it. So mental awareness, just being aware of what's going on. Why am I doing this? What's the reason for that? And you have to ask these questions, but because of the organization, you're not allowed to even ask them. So you're going to be stuck in that, in that, in that world. You feel like what you're going, I thought everybody went through what I was going through. This is a normal way. So if, if you're being abused at home, you say, oh, my next door neighbor got to be going. We the same age. That's, that's my buddy. I know he's going to do the same thing. Let me ask him. Did you get a beating last night like me? Because your mindset was everybody is going through the same thing. When I was when I was had brothers going over questions, people my age, you know, everybody was going through that same thing. So you mm -hmm. thought this was the way you're supposed to do. And, mm -hmm. and that, again, that's that's what people, especially in the organization, you have to understand that, you know, you have to ask yourself those questions. You know what I mean? Um, mm -hmm. is, is this normal? Is, is everybody doing this? And right. so that's the awareness that we keep, you know, trying to highlight. Yeah. And, and you have to get to that, but you have to ask those questions because mm -hmm. you will never know why you react in the way that you react and as an adult. Yeah, because mm -hmm. I've, I've talked to people who actually think that um, they had a problem. They felt like because they didn't agree with the teachings and they didn't think that it made any sense, they thought they did something wrong so that when they finally left the religion and got this fellowship, they really shouldn't have been in that situation to begin with. But because they thought that it was normal what they were going through, they thought that they needed to come back to the organization at some point, mm. you know? Mm. And so it's, it's different things. And then some people actually wake up after they get this fellowship. Mm. Right. trying to come back yeah you know so mm -hmm. there's a lot of different um areas that people find themselves in when it comes to this mental health but until they actually go out on the internet and begin to research to find out what they were in do they actually find out that they were being abused yes. spiritually yes yes that's, that's a very good point I, yeah. I think that when you talk when we talk about mental health awareness or just men the word mental health i think people may say i don't have no mental illness i don't have no mental issues when when we're really not talking about it in that in that way but we're really talking about it that there could be people that could be suffering mentally but could be 100 sane sure it's just that the mental stress and strain that you have like for instance um I think this 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 um website called Better Up or this organization hmm. talked about taking a mental stress day. It talked about how people don't want to talk about, you know, 
They'll 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 call in sick, and they'll and they'll say, "I'm not feeling good today," so I'm calling in sick. But then you also heard the term, "I got to take a mental stress or a mental health day," mm-hmm. and and they were saying that even though they call in sick, they give their employer the impression that they're that they're really physically, physically sick, sick when they're <laughs> mentally sick. So they said, why don't you just be honest and just tell them that you're taking a mental health day because it's okay to do that. What I'd like to do is I would like you and JT to answer a question. So we talked about the mental stress day for our job. Now, both of you were elders. Do you think you'd be able to get away with telling the brothers in the congregation on the elder body? that you wanted to skip out of the theater credit school and service meeting because you got a mental health crisis or you're taking a mental stress break? Uh, <laughs> that's a good question. Um, individually, you may have an elder who may say, I, I know what you're saying, I understand. But organizationally, the answer is no. And the reason why is very simple. It is because of the definition that as Jehovah's Witnesses, we were taught is the reason that you're having whatever problem you're having. We were always taught that it is a reflection that you are spiritually weak. That's it. It's always a reflection that you are spiritually weak. And that's the reason the solution that elders and circuit overseers and the organization has historically given to every Jehovah's Witness for decades is that you need to check your, you need to check your spirituality. And, and that is where we discuss about being qualified to diagnose people. Elders are not able to do that. And so the, the poor witness has been told he's part of the happiest people on earth. He's been told that he's spiritually weak. He's failing in some way. Uh, one of the things when I was growing up as a kid, they don't, they don't use it much now, but, but they used to use this all the time. They would tell the friends, are you doing something that's grieving the spirit? Are you doing something that's grieving the spirit, brother? And so once again, at the end of the day, it always kicks back on the witness. At all times, you will be blamed. A witness could never tell somebody, you know, bro, I, I just don't feel like coming to meeting tonight. Because it can't, the problem can't be the meetings. See, that's what, that, and that's what, that's what gets all of us. Every single one of us, that's what just, it, we just got swallowed in because we never could say, well, maybe it's something about the organization. But you never could do that. And that's why we couldn't go to therapists because I'm going to tell you. Uh, a good therapist will make you walk through your daily life. And if you are a good Jehovah's Witness, everything in your daily life revolves around the organization. So if you're talking to a therapist and you, you know, you, they, she asks you to list the 10, 15 things that you have to do and 14 come up to be something related to the watchtower. They're like, well, you're doing it every day. You know? And so it becomes quick to diagnose. We know where your problems at. If someone is eating sugar, Every day you eat cake for breakfast, cake for lunch, cake for dinner. The, doctor, the doctor's going to figure out what <laughs> you've been eating that cake every day. And so it ain't going to take that long to figure that out. And so the same in the organization. A good Jehovah's Witness literally feeds on a constant diet of watchtower. I mean, every conversation, every discussion, every thought, you know. And so it takes its impact. So no an elder would generally not be able to tell another body of elders. In fact, if you were to do that in many congregations, they would probably be meeting to discuss. I, I think you know we we might need to sit the brother down. He's having some problems. And so 
This is and this is what makes this video so important because people need to understand this is the type of conversation that goes on in the back room about other witnesses. And so if you are an elder and you're seeing y'all guys are back there discussing four or five friends who are struggling emotionally, you're not going to come up and tell these guys, you know, I'm, I'm feeling the same way, too. No, 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 no. Now, Tony, your answer. What do you feel? If you, you think you'd be able to tell the brothers, I'm going to need to take a mental health day today. <laughs> You know, I, I agree with JT. I, I think that there's some some well-meaning, but that brother's going to pull you. He's going to pull you to the side. He, he would never even say that in front of the other brothers. So, you know, because the way the organization works is that they are giving the elders their mindset. And so, again, their solution to your mental health is going to be, well, you're not reading the Bible now. Uh, we're looking at your published records. You, you haven't been out. You haven't been out. You, you're not doing the average. So everything is going to have to be geared towards what what their requirements are in order for you to get better. So no, that would definitely not go go across well. Okay, now given the fact that we're talking about your volunteers, like if you work for the Red Cross and you were um, not feeling good and they're having a meeting and all that kind of stuff. And you say, you know, I'm, I'm just I'm just not feeling good today. I'm going to, you know, take off. I know I'm this is a volunteer uh, role that I have. Do you really feel like you're volunteers in the Jehovah's Witnesses or do you feel like this is a job? Um, It was a job. It was a requirement. It wasn't a volunteer. We said it was volunteering, but it was really we view it as a requirement. Um, So for me, um, because the whole thing for me was forced upon me. And it wasn't my decision to do anything. It's not going to be I'm volunteering for something that I didn't. I wasn't signing up for in the beginning. No, the, when you volunteer, this is something from your own heart, not something somebody's going to make you do, coerce you to do it, and there's a penalty if you don't do it. That's not a volunteer. No one wants to volunteer for something like that. That's not even how you define somebody volunteering. Absolutely not. When it comes to um, mental health. What type of uh, um, crises do you think that people could see themselves in as a Jehovah's Witness, but not realize it's a crisis? I think people can be impacted by their health and not recognize it. Um, we've seen people who their health has given out on them and they didn't even realize what it was. And they and their kicker was they kept trying to do more watchtower stuff when they really needed to pause, but they they just kept trying and it, and it just would just grind them. I mean, we've seen people physically just uh, just 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 lose it because of their mental health. For me, this is very very touching, touchy and sensitive because, like I said, I just lost my father in in July, and. I'm still struggling with this because I really feel in a large way he was stressed out. Um, and, and, and even more recently, there's been a few Joe's witnesses who have passed elders, young elders who, who would, who would, you know, to the eye seem physically sound, if you will, but because of stress, um, they, they passed on and, you know, it's, it's really, um, it's really disheartening. Um, because people really, really don't know that, you know, what this stuff leads to. And you just don't know because you're not you're not aware of, again, this this the mental health issue. And so my father was I mean, he was taken out. They gave him six months because he had cancer. 
and they he it only took him six days and and he was just gone and and i know you know he's been he's been an elder for many many years but i know personally that you know he was under a lot of stress and they they there was a lot of mistreatment going on toward the end of his life but you know i really believe that you know they they cause people to have these situations you know that can sometimes lead lead to death so you know that's a good point um in fact that is probably one of the main reasons right now that the organization is struggling getting younger men to uh, reach out for position and that's because they've seen their fathers and their grandfathers, in some cases, great grandfathers, literally get just ground down to, you know, just 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 a powder by the organization. And so they're like, I don't want to be no elder. Y'all kill folks trying to do that stuff. Yeah. And so a lot of young people, they're like, they, they've seen by example uh, what it did to their fathers. And so they're like, no, no, thanks. I'll, I'll, I'll take a pass. So I, I understand that, you know, there are people who, look at the situations of people in their family who have passed away because of that. The good thing about that is that they're being made aware. So, you know, when they see things that's happening, that's, that's the beginning of it. That's the start of being made aware of, of the this mental health thing because, you know, it affected your loved one. So now you got to ask yourself, you know, how is it affecting me? Am I being affected by it? Is it something that I'm missing? Something that I don't know? And like we said earlier, you're looking at, at your character. You're looking at how you're reacting to things. So now you got to start being aware of you. Why are you doing these things? What is causing that? And that's, again, being made aware of what's going on. That's going to be the beginning stages of getting that help. Yeah, and I don't know if you all realize this, but according to the National Institute of Mental Health in the United States, these are the statistics for the United States, nearly one in five adults have a mental illness or mental health condition. That's 52 million people. So. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The numbers are probably low. The numbers are probably a little bit higher because it's, it's a stigma that comes with this. I mean, just in, in society in general, there's a stigma. So people generally would not report that. People realize that they put it on their application on some jobs. They may question your stability. So a lot of these numbers are, are may not always be be reflecting the, the entirety but you know and i and i and, and we've had this conversation before I, I you know anecdotal stuff you can argue back and forth but i mean but just being you know just looking from a personal perspective uh and talking to other elders who actually see the friends um there is a there is a lot of witnesses who are supposed to be the happiest people on the earth who are struggling with this i mean there is literally a lot of witnesses who are struggling with this and because they can't come out, especially historically, um, they're not getting any really help. They're not getting any real help. Mm -hmm. Sometimes um, when I think about this too, I think about what is the um, carbon monoxide or whatever, where it's like mm -hmm. odorless tasted. Mm -hmm. It's yeah. almost, it's almost similar to that where people are just not aware, but it's having, it's taking its toll on you. You stay in that, in that environment long enough and it'll kill you. And it's just like that. They, they just not aware because the organization don't, they're not transparent to say, this is what we're doing to you. They're not going to um, admit these things that's happening to you. They're not going to admit their, their, um, you know, involvement in a lot of this stuff. And, and, you know, especially with, with the children, you know, if you have, if you grow up in a witness family and you have an elder <clears throat> who has had many years of being an elder with what the watchtower is teaching them, that child is being, it's going to have some sort of <laughs> mental 
issues there. We, I don't care who, who you are. You're going to have that. It's just, you know, it is what it is. So, you know, they, they're unaware of that. To them, this is a normal life. But really, it's just like that common monoxide. Like, you just don't see it, but it's killing you. Mm-hmm. Right. And so, you know, as we're trying to educate people in this video, then we now want to talk about, you know, what is depression? You know, so my whole goal is for people that when we're talking about things in the video, Google it. Google the top 10 uh, signs of depression or the, the top, you know, reasons why people get depressed because you could be depressed and not realize it, you know? And so these are some things that you, you need to um, take a look at. Um, I do know that in, in the, the, the um, mental health arena, there's something called um, what short and long-term depression. Cause like some people may have a situation, situational depression, right? Their depression may just be for two weeks because they're undergoing something on their job and they're stressful. And they're, they're all stressed out until they find out the outcome of something at work. And they may be undergoing depression because of that. All of a sudden things turn out in their favor and now they're done with that situation. They're not depressed anymore. But then you may have people that's experiencing a long-term depression. And if that's the case, they're going to need to address that. They're going to need to find out what's causing the depression and how they can treat it. If you're experiencing depression and your depression is lasting longer than it really needs to, that's the time that you need to determine, hey, look, do I need to seek a therapist? You know, what do you all think about therapy? Uh, Tony, I know you and I have talked about this before. Uh, you want to give us your um, your take on what you think about therapy? Sure, sure. I, I had started having panic attacks, you know, because everything was coming at me at one time. You know, I had lost a couple of jobs. You know, I was divorced. Um, I was I was alone. You know, nobody was, you know, really there for me. Like, it was a lot that I was going through emotionally. So I, I, I kind of what they call hit a bottom. And it's almost like when you hit a bottom, you have no way to go but up. So you, you kind of sometimes it kind of forces you to reach out for help. And so that was the case for me. I had to um, I end up going to um, patients first, you know, and, 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 and it led to me going to see a therapist. So I had to hit a bottom, if you will, to say, you know what, it's time for me. I, I go. I got to see somebody or else my next step is, is suicide. Um, and I know I know a lot of people just need to talk initially before they get into further, you know, advanced, you know, um, help for them. But, you know, for me, it, it really worked out well. I think for me, um, that was like the first step, getting into, into therapy. And then it led me to a program that I got involved in, which got more into detail about, you know, me personally and, and the day-to-day things that helped me, you know, from a cognitive perspective and then from a dynamic perspective, dealing with the subconscious. All right, JT, what do you think about therapy? Um, I, I think um, therapy is good. Uh, sometimes you just need someone to talk to. But I think we also have to be very, very, very realistic. Okay? Sometimes living in the West, um, we forget people who live in other parts of the world. It's just, it's just what we do in the West. Uh, when you're not going through something, you don't think about other people sometimes. But sometimes you got to stop and think about other people because everybody's circumstance is not like yours. Here in the West, we just flash our little Blue Cross Blue Shield and just go and see who we want to see, talk to the therapist, that, 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 okay? When you consider that Jehovah's Witnesses as a religious group 
represent, unfortunately, some of the individuals who are struggling the most financially. For them going to see a therapy therapist, it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. And this is what makes this whole religion so dangerous. This religion has taken good people, sincere people, and because of their financial circumstances that they may be dealing with in their countries, watch how I got boots on the ground over 200 countries. And many of these countries are very poor. And so they may not be able to have the convenience of, of going down to see a therapist or calling up a therapist or doing a Zoom with a therapist. And so what about these people? What, what, what about these people? And this is what makes this, this religion so dangerous. I mean, it, it, you know, I, I've said this before, you know, the Watchtower be jacking with folks' lives. And so those are the people that we often think about when it comes to so many things. What about our brothers and sisters who find themselves in those? Well, I guess the good news is today we do have something that we didn't have years ago, and that is the Internet. Um, more and more, at least more people can use the Internet and get access to some information that simply wasn't available for our parents, grandparents, and they can do it electronically. So whatever, whatever, you know, whatever you're able to do in terms of getting some type of third person, as it were, to listen to, to read about, to read what their advice may be, take advantage of it. Take advantage of it. Because realistically, every Jehovah's Witness around the world who may need someone to talk to is not going to be in that situation financially. Um, so, but yet <clears throat> take advantage of the tools you do have. Uh, the, as I've always said, we've always mentioned here on, on critical thinkers, the internet is a game changer. Take advantage of it. Take advantage of it. Yes. And I do agree with both of you. And I feel like uh, exactly what you said, JT, about being online, because a lot of people don't realize how many resources you can access online. And I know how when we're out here every day looking at Jehovah's Witnesses, you know, pointing people to JW.org as the only solution. Well, you know, you could go to any Google search will bring you will bring back results because, you know, the stuff that we're talking about today, we Googled this information about how many people in the United States have mental illness or experience a mental crisis. So we Googled that. And just like we Googled that information, you can Google it, too. You can Google, uh, um, you know, why am I so sad? You know, what is depression? What is PTSD? You know, even when it comes to dealing with grief. Now, we're not going to talk about that in this video. That'll be a future video. But think about this. The five stages of grief. If you Google that, you're going to get a response. Now, the only reason why I'm bringing it up now is because Jehovah's Witnesses, they experience grief when they're disfellowshipped because it's like they're being cut off and they're no longer alive. They're like dead to their family and their friends. So that's another video that we're going to be doing next. That's going to be one of our next videos that we're going to be presenting. And we're going to be talking to people that we went into the, um, the community and we talked to a number of people and they're talking about the grief that they're experiencing after leaving this religion. So um, there's a whole lot that you can pay attention to that you can make yourself aware of in the, or in the world that we live in. And as a Jehovah's witness, 
I'm encouraging you to take the lid off the box, step outside, do your research, learn more about your options and choices. Because everything that you do in your life doesn't have to be all about the watchtower. So the objective that we want to everyone to understand is very simple. Seek out help. One of the things that we found in doing this channel is just how many people we've interviewed over the years, talked to over the years. And as, as, as mentioned before, sometimes you just need somebody to talk to. And that's really the problem in the organization. You cannot just talk to anyone and tell them exactly what you feel, what you think, without them judging you. Well, if you're able to get the help of a therapist, that's not going to happen. They're going to listen to what you have to say and offer you various things that you can consider. And then you can decide what route you want to take. But your mental health is the most important thing, because if you don't address your mental health, eventually, sad to say, it will start to impact your physical health. So take care of yourself. Take care of yourself. Take care of your family. And whatever we can do with these videos and, and causing people to pause and, and give a second thought, that's what we want to do. Because this is probably the biggest challenge that any Jehovah's Witness will face is what is going on in your mind. We'd like to thank everyone who was in the audience today. We encourage you hit the like button, subscribe, and be sure to share this information with someone that you know could benefit from this. As they say, sharing is caring. This has been JT, and we'll see you on the next episode. This program was sponsored by Critical Thinkers.